With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joining us right now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, my guy, my buddy, Corbin Smith is joining us right now to uh, all things Seahawk coverage, uh, Locked On Seahawks, among others. He joins us right now, and uh, I appreciate coming on today, my friend. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, as always. Appreciate it. You uh, you have a, a large following in social media and uh, a lot of friends uh, in the media as well. I think we all saw the, the fact your father was a little ill. How's your dad doing? He's doing great. I uh, got released from the hospital earlier today and seems to be on the fast track to recovery. So uh, so we got good news on that front. Thank you for asking. I'm good. I'm glad to hear that. It's, it's not, There's never a good time for stuff like that. And during football season, for a guy nope. that's, that's job is 100% football, it's even, it's even harder as well. All right. Uh, as far as I'm going to go through some of the other trades in a second, um, and, and then we'll wrap it up with some conversation about where the Seahawks are in your mind. But before we do that, um, just as far as we know, nothing has happened with the Seahawks. I'm looking, I know you're looking as well. Uh, Neam Hines, the running back from the Colts going to the Buffalo Bills is the last trade we have seen come across, uh, being reported by, you know, the Rappaports and the Schefters and everybody else in the world. But uh, as far as we know, right, Corbin, nothing Seahawk wise that we've seen. Nope, and I'm not surprised, really. And you know, you look at the salary cap; they don't have a lot of cap space. Less than four million available in salary cap space. They don't have a lot of pieces to restructure. They already did a restructure on Gabe Jackson a few weeks ago, just to get above three million. So the financial flexibility was not there for them. If they were going to make a move, it would have been trading Sidney Jones. And with him being a backup right now. Uh, teams probably weren't rushing to trade even a sixth or seventh round pick to bring him in and probably are just hoping the Seahawks end up releasing him when Trey Brown's ready to return. So I'm not surprised at all there haven't been any moves reported. I anticipated this was going to be a very quiet deadline for them. Yeah, it's a team also that has made trades in the last few years. Uh, Carlos Dunlap came here in a trade. Quandre Diggs came here in a trade. But when you look at their their roster right now, I'm not sure – the glaring weaknesses. Well, let's get back to the Hawks in a second. In terms of what could relate to what Seattle is doing, uh, in the end, it feels like there was a ton of stuff going on in the AFC uh, Corbin today. Miami really active. Uh, they pick up uh, among others, uh, you know, Bradley Chubb. They also got uh, the running back Jeff Wilson Jr. from the Forty ers who doesn't really have a spot anymore because some guy named McCaffrey is there. And I guess maybe the one that kind of jumped out at me, they'll probably win the division, but you know, you never know if you, if you'll have to be contending with this team for a wild card or maybe, maybe having to play them in the postseason. Uh, I think it's safe to say the Vikings got a little bit better offensively because they picked up Detroit Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson. I'm still baffled by that move. I shouldn't be because these are the type of trades the Detroit Lions make. That's how you perennially stink in the National Football League, <laughs> is making deals like that within your division. And yep. I've had a few arguments with a few other media people that are like, well, TJ Hawkinson is just a guy. That's not what I've seen, and I'm not just talking about the game against the Seahawks no. earlier this year. I-, I think he is a legitimate top-five talent at tight end that has had to catch passes from Jared Goff the last couple of years. And so now – Kirk Cousins, you can debate where he fits in the quarterback hierarchy, but you're going up a step or two, going from Jared Goff to Kirk Cousins, and you've also got a lot more weapons around you. 
than what the Detroit Lions could offer. So for Minnesota, this is a slam dunk. I, I think giving up a second and a third to get him, uh, I think are, that's a great deal for them because you're getting one and a half years of club control with him. And so that's a team that looks like they could be a potential Super Bowl contender in the NFC. Really good deal. As for Detroit, I just I pity their fan base because being from the Midwest, I know how diehard Lions fans are, and yet they never have anything to cheer for. And it's kind of an endless cycle. Let's bring in some talented young players. Let's build the roster. And then before they get done with their rookie deal and we still stink, we're going to trade them away. And in this case, let's give them to one of our rivals in the NFC North so we have to face him twice a year. Uh, it just it struck me as a really odd deal from Detroit's perspective. I was stunned by it, to be honest with you. And I, I'm, I'm with you in that regard. And I guess I don't, I don't admittedly know the contract details for Hawkins or anything else, but you know, there's certain trades that just don't seem to make sense. Yeah, you're one and six, I, and and you're having a horrible season. But you know, there are a few pieces in place with that Lions team, and you're maybe a couple years away. Hawkinson in today's NFL is what you want in a tight end. I mean, he's everything you want in a tight end, and and I just it makes yep. it makes no sense, and it does again. Uh, a Minnesota team that's six and one, Irv Smith is out with an injury right now. Their tight end, but I think that's even an upgrade over him. And I think that helps Cousins immensely. Uh, we already have Jefferson, and you got Thielen, and you've got, you got a high end running back in Cook. That that's a team I think Minnesota at six and one that got a little bit better, and already a team that was to be reckoned with. Yeah, I think they're one of the best teams in an NFC that, quite frankly, is much weaker than the AFC. They've got a great path in front of them to get to the Super Bowl in Phoenix, and they've just got to be able to stay healthy. This is a great addition for them. So from Vikings' perspective, it's a home run. I mean, when you're able to get a deal like that for a player that can catch, that can block, and is still 25 years old, you absolutely pull the trigger on it. I just, it just is baffling to me that that should have been one of the pieces Detroit had as untouchable. I could see him trading a lot of different players, but that should have been a building block piece. And again, this is a cycle for the Lions, and this is why they never are good because they're constantly getting rid of promising young players and they're hitting the rebuild button. At some point, you got to stick with some of these guys. You would think. I just. To me, it was the dumbest trade that we saw going up to this deadline from far, their perspective. As far as we can tell, uh, nothing in the NFC West, right? Uh, the, the 49ers and the Rams didn't do anything of significance. Neither did the Arizona Cardinals. In fact, anything, period, outside of um, obviously the significance of, of what happened with McCaffrey, right? But as far as we can tell, nothing with the NFC West that will change anything there. Yeah, there's not really anything to worry about if you're a Seahawks fan from that perspective. I mean, obviously the McCaffrey deal was the biggest one, but the Rams were linked to Brian Burns. Uh, that was baffling to me. I understand that Les Snead doesn't really care about first-round picks, but that team doesn't necessarily need pass rushers. They they need people that can protect Matthew Stafford from pass rushers. So them not making that move might end up being a blessing in disguise for them. And at some point, they're going to have to have some draft picks to restock their roster a little bit. So really, uh, this was a pretty quiet deadline for the NFC West, and I wasn't surprised by it. Thoughts on the Miami Dolphins? Uh, Bradley Chubb goes from the Broncos to the Dolphins. Thoughts from you, Corbin, on this? Because, uh, I mean, listen, I, I know that the – Broncos tried to replace Chubb with former Seahawk Jacob Martin, but last I checked, Jacob Martin is certainly not Bradley Chubb. Uh, I wonder what Russ is thinking today after that move. That was the first thing that popped in my head when I saw that this deal went through. Is What is Russell Wilson thinking about this? I thought you were going to a better football team 
I, I thought you were going to a franchise that you were going to be able to carry and you had some pieces to support you since apparently he didn't have that here in Seattle the last couple of years. But, you know, it, you know, instead of just completely toasting on number three, I think that it's just clearly evident the Denver Broncos are looking, hey, yeah, we beat the Jaguars in London this weekend, got a little bit of momentum, but we're still three and five, and we got the Chargers, we got the Chiefs in our division. Uh, we're probably not going anywhere this year. Chubb's going to be a free agent. It's time for us to get back a first-round pick that we lost in this Wilson trade. And so it made sense for them. And from Miami's perspective, uh, I think you can put the Dolphins in that next tier below the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC, and they may have just closed the window a little bit there come playoff time. And you think what they did with that number three pick they traded down, they turned that into Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, and now Bradley Chubb. That is remarkable work by the front office for the Miami Dolphins. I, I, I mean, it, it, listen, and if you're the Broncos, yes, you got a first-round pick back, but one of the best players, you know, it's not a quarterback like Seattle traded, but I don't know, Bradley Chubb does not, losing him does not help you uh, at all. And if I'm Russ, I'm looking around saying, what the hell, man, like you just said. this. Is, well, this now is, their defense is going to struggle potentially. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big piece. They already have some injuries with a couple other pass rushers. So, yeah, that's a game changer for them. And the Seahawks, John Schneider, again, probably getting another victory cigar out. Like, well, they just got rid of one of their best players. That might be another loss or two for them this year. Exactly. Yeah, and look at Miami at 5-3 and three right now, and they would be a playoff team in a wild-card spot uh, if the – postseason were to begin today all right uh let's just quickly wrap it up with this corbin corbin smith joining me seahawk related you know it has been one surprising season in so many ways but i know that you know you and others and and i it's funny because i listened to some of the post game uh when the interviews on the podium and i was doing my stuff out in the hallway and and it feels like a lot of us were on the kind of on the same page borderline group think i think in a sense but uh, a lot of us talking to players about pete carroll and that coaching staff and the job that they have done. Uh, I, I know that Gino is the best individual player story in the team and one of the best in the league as well. From your standpoint, a guy that likes to, to study the film and everything else, what kind of job has Pete Carroll done this year? Just flat out remarkable. And I'm just going to throw a word out there that we've heard a lot here in the Pacific Northwest the last three or four years. I, I think what he's done here these first mo couple months of the season, he has enhanced his legacy. Pete Carroll now, if he was not a Hall of Fame coach in the NFL, I think he is stamping that right now, just having this team in the position they're at. If he can get this team to the postseason with the low expectations that everyone else had and, and competing, you know, and you and I, we joked about it because it wasn't necessarily a competition, but having Drew Locke and Geno Smith going against each other, a lot of people were looking at thinking, this team's going nowhere with those two as their quarterback mm -hmm. options. And yet, Geno Smith is playing at truly an MVP level. Uh, you got to give Pete Carroll credit there because who else was sitting there effusively praising Geno Smith from day one? I mean, he's been doing it since before they even re signed him. Back at the March yeah. meetings, he was talking about, we got to re sign him. We believe in him. And. You know, it, he wasn't blowing smoke, and I think a lot of people thought that he was. But clearly he was not. He saw something in Geno Smith. He saw the talent, and that's really what we're seeing shine through again for Pete Carroll. His ability to reestablish the culture that he's had here for such a long time, it felt like that culture was cracked last year. And it might not have been all on number three, but certainly that was a big part of it what was going on there, the fracture between the coaching staff, the front office, and your star quarterback. 
But they've been able to get that culture back, and he's got a lot of young guys with talent that are buying into what he's selling, and that is the special ability that he has. And I think he's also showing you, as he kind of uh, puffed his chest out a little bit about on Sunday after the game, that he can indeed adapt to the modern game. We saw him go for two fourth downs. We've seen him, I believe they're fifth right now in neutral passing on first and second down. I mean, they're being aggressive. They're throwing the ball a lot in early downs with Geno Smith. They're doing things that modern teams do to win football games. And the defense, the turnaround they've had the last three weeks, you got to give Carroll credit for that as well, for making the changes they needed, getting back to some schematic things that worked last year. So overall, it's just been fantastic, I think, he should be the front runner for coach of the year. I don't know that he'll get it because he's won a Super Bowl with this team, and usually that has a stigma that goes with it. But just look at the expectations. Has anybody in the league gotten more or less? I mean, I think there were people that thought the Giants were going to be better than the Seahawks, and the yeah. Giants have been a huge surprise this year. But Seattle beat and them. I mean, Seattle, I head to head, Seattle beat them. Absolutely, he should be the front runner yeah. for coach of the year. There's no question in my mind. Well, and I, I, Corbin, I brought this up yesterday. I think this is, and you're right, because it's the Seahawks and they have the winning tradition and culture under Pete and John, you're not going to get the same kind of, uh, you know, kudos. You're not going to get the same, same kind of credit. Uh, that other that yeah. others coming in as first year coaches are going to get or second or third year coaches. I would also point out when people talk about Philadelphia, they were a playoff team last year, so it's not like they you know they've made a jump, but they were a playoff team last year. I, I think what what really kind of I went back and looked at it, and I just kind of and I'm sure people have talked about it or written about it. Maybe I just haven't seen it, but this is what was remarkable to me, Corbin, is I went back to their basic lineup that they had. Towards the end of the season, the last year, that last time they went to the playoffs in 2020, 12 and 4 year, right? I mean, just really good football team that obviously got beat by the Rams in that playoff game. But I went back to there then, and then two years later to this past Sunday, they have just seven starters out of 22 that are still starting for Seattle from two years ago. They have just 13 of 53, 15 if you want to count, it should be 15, I guess, 15 with the, with the kickers, 15 of 53 players that are still here from 2020. They rebuilt this thing without even telling us they were rebuilding this thing. That's a complete overhaul of a roster. That's a complete overhaul. And in two years' time, without ever using the word rebuild, but that's, Corbin, that's what they did. They rebuilt this roster right before our very eyes, and look where they are right now. Yeah, they call it reloading here in the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. And for all the criticisms that there rightfully have been for John Schneider and Pete Carroll with some of the roster decisions they've made, free agency draft, whatever, uh, they have proven time and time again that they know how to jumpstart reloading a football team. And they're doing it again right in front of everybody's eyes. Oh, by the way, uh, we didn't need one year to make it you know, click, we're just going to do it right away. And that's really what's going on right now. And you can just tell Pete Carroll, he might not admit it, but I don't know that I've ever seen him have as much fun as he's having coaching to this football team right now. And that's saying something with Pete Carroll. Well, players are having fun, too. I mean, you talk to every guy you talk to, a guy I talk to as well. Even, listen, they're going to have some bumps in the road going down the stretch. There's no doubt about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but they, you know, but I, I, the math is pretty easy. Softy brought this up yesterday. I didn't think about it. But really, for them not to have a winning record, they're going to have to go, you know, what, three or six, three and six or less in the final nine games. Like, like if they win four games, they're going to have a winning record. I mean that's that's remarkable, and, and who would have thought? And, thought and nine wins in the NFC is going to get you in the playoffs, probably, right? It might. I mean, it's a good chance it wins this division. I mean, <laughs> this division insane. has not been near as good, I think, as people thought. I mean, the Rams have serious issues with protecting Matthew Stafford. They can't run the ball. 
They've got some injuries. The 49ers, you've still got Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback, and they've been very up and down. And the Cardinals, we'll see how they react this weekend in the rematch against Seahawks. But, I mean, I just think that that's a team that has a coach that's a lame duck that's just waiting to get fired there. And just the division just is wide open, and it doesn't look like you're going to need to win a bunch of games to necessarily capture a division title here. So Seattle's in a great position. We just have to see if this young team can capitalize on it and keep this momentum going. Uh, you know, you, you should do a podcast or something. It's fun to talk to you. You know what? you do? Oh, wait, that's right. You do do one. Uh, tell people where they can find your stuff, bud. Yeah, you can find Locked on Seahawks on YouTube as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're on all the major platforms, and we're doing six or seven shows a week. So if you're needing Seahawks content, uh, we got you covered. My guy Corbin's a fun guy to listen to, knows football inside and out. I love, uh, love seeing you at the games. It's uh, always good conversations. Are you, down, are you in Arizona this week? Absolutely. I'll see you yep. down there. All right, I'll see you down there, man. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, Liam. There you go. Corbin Smith joining us here. Fun dude to talk to, uh, hopefully Seahawks fans. Check his stuff out, man. He does a terrific job. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.